Sabres are in the news right now. Everyone's happy in Saberland. Everyone. Especially, uh, especially one guy. Uh, more than more future, than the others. The future captain? No. Kevin Adams said there's going to be a captain. Well, who's the one guy you're talking about? Kevin Adams. He's loaded. How much is Absolutely he making? Absolutely How much do you right think now. he's making, roughly? Oh, it's got to be $10 million a year. No, seriously. I'm, I'm dead serious. How much do you think? Cut the shit. How much do you think he's making? I have no idea. Don't want to speculate. Don't really <laughs> care. F- uh, but I well, will say, I will say that, you know, he's um he's done things the way it should have been done from the beginning when they started this build with Darcy Regeer getting up on the stand and sitting down and telling everyone there is going to be some suffering. The Sabres fans have not had a whole lot of suffering. They've always had very competitive teams. They've had a couple teams that have uh, that have gone to the finals and and uh, um, you know there there's going to be suffering. And for me, looking back in the last decade, there has been very 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 poor management of this hockey team. But I do believe that Kevin Adams and his staff have done things right. They have done things right. They, they, I'm, I'm so pleased that they have decided to go in a major different direction. When Kevin Adams walked on to the scenes, if you remember, he tried to, he tried to throw a few band-aids just to see if he could, um, elevate this team to another level. He went and signed Taylor Hall to a one-year deal, which everybody in Saberland uh, and around the NHL had an eyebrow raised. Um, he went and got uh, Eric Stahl. They went and did some things to try and make this team and elevate this team. You think he did that, or do you think that was because of the speculated trade rumors of Jack Eichel that forced him to go and try and make moves to keep the franchise star happy. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, you have Jack Eichel, who's a superstar. Because we all know league. that was the case. You have you have Jack Eichel, who's a star. You have Sam Reinhart, who is, he's he's a star. He's he's a great, great hockey player. Um, those guys were not young guys anymore. They were moving into stages of their career where they wanted to compete and, and make the playoffs. So when Kevin Adams took took the reins, he went and made some bold moves to see if he could kickstart this this group this core that we talk about um the problem is the core was uh, had defects to it the core had defects and i'm i'm so pleased that adams and his staff have gone in the direction of not tearing it down but they essentially tore it down traded away Jack Eichel, traded away Rasmus Ristolainen, traded away Sam Reinhardt, got rid of a number of players and cleaned the slate, brought in younger guys, gave them opportunity. And, you know, the team is still growing. The team is still a flower, okay? You know, you plant the roots, you let the stem grow, you got a few leaves, and it's eventually going to blossom into a nice, beautiful flower. We're not quite there at the end. So but, was his contract up or does he have another year on it or or how does that work? How was that? Do we know the status? It would be it would be only speculation on on this, but I believe that when Kevin was hired, he was not given a new contract. He was he was the GM on his old existing contract, which was not even GM money, I don't think. Now, this is speculation, and it's it's something that I am not 100% on. All I know is Kevin Adams has worked his way into doing some pretty damn good things. For a first-time GM, he has had a lot on his plate. Like, I mean, he's had to tear down essentially one of the worst cores in organizational bullshit Um in a long time, like the Buffalo Sabres are one of the black holes of the league because of what's gone on here in the last decade. Kevin he, Adams so right with now, what with what he's done, with what he's done, he's acquired I mean, a whole bag of yeah, shit. No, no, I know. And what he's done, and, and and what he's done, you 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 believe that it it has warranted a multi year extension. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if I didn't like, I know Kevin. I know Kevin well. I know the coaching staff. You know, I know, you know, Matt Ellis, very good friend of mine. I'm going to tell you this. If I didn't like what they were doing, you'd hear it because I don't give a shit. I'm not here to tell people what everybody wants to hear. I'm going to tell you what my opinion is and how things are run. And if it's not run, what I think, because I've been in this league a long time, I've seen a lot of coaches. I've seen a lot of GMs. I've been around the game. I love what Kevin Adams has done. Even this year, this, this year here was the first time where um, people were, we're asking questions. What are they going to do? What is Kevin Adams going to do in the offseason? What is he going to do in unrestricted free agency? Is he going to go out and sign guys? Is he going to go do this, do that? Kevin Adams basically did not do very much. He went and signed a goaltending, a goaltender that was much needed. Okay. In Comrie. He went and signed uh, Lily Labushkin, who is a physical, aggressive, right-handed defenseman. Say it with me first. Say it with me. Ilya. Ilya. Lilia? Ilya? Ilya. Ilya Labushkin. Say it with me. It's like working with Denny Lemieux. Owns. Owns. Okay. All right. You got me there. So he signed Uh, signed Ilya Labushkin. So Ilya Labushkin. And and I just listen. Which is a right-handed defenseman, which is exactly what was needed. A little sandpaper, a little grit. He's got some size, but mostly he's got some physicality to his game. He's going to keep guys honest. This is a big signing. Okay. Um, the forward line, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. They 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 re-signed a pieces like um uh Henestrosa, okay, who apparently the, the, the players on the team love this guy. Apparently. The coaching staff loves this guy. Is he going to be in the in the lineup every night? Probably not. But his energy and an infectious behavior in the environment is what you want. Okay, yeah. he's okay. like an extremely hard worker. He does all the right things. He's a really good person. This is what you want. Your organization. and hopefully that rubs off on the young guys, so that when he leaves, they're ready yes. to step in and follow what was successful for him and what his benefit was to the team. I, I and I yes. get that, and I, and I love all that. Um, we we sent out a tweet from the show, just quote quote tweeting the Sabers tweet that they've extended Kevin, and it just said thoughts. There were very few people that were opposed to the extension. Very few. Very vast, few. Very so you're few. telling me that a, there's fucking people out there that actually tweeted in and said that they don't like it? Well, for the few that you're worrying about, and it is that few, there's a, 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 a an overwhelming amount of people that are in favor of so this overwhelming as in like 95% probably if not more. Yeah. So tell say. me what the fuck the 5% out there is, Listen, you know, in. well, they, okay. So they're not taking my argument. Cause I don't have an, I don't have a thought on this. I I'm, I'm fine with what Kevin's doing. I, I like the mindset of the team. I like the buzz around the team and he's a major contributor in that he's built this buzz with the players that he's brought in. So continue to let the, him roll. Call it buzz. He's built an environment. Yeah, but I'm talking about from the outside people watching, the fans and and the media and you know the hockey world. They they've created a buzz around their team, which is which is directly related to what you're talking about. But all, you know, what I'm saying is the people out there that disagree with a few of them just think it's premature that they, you know they haven't done enough yet. They're not, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, it really doesn't matter. I mean, like it literally went and fucking traded one of the biggest names in the NHL. Okay. It took them damn near half a year or longer to make this trade. The amount of pressure on Kevin Adams to do Craig, the right thing and get the right guys. You're wasting uh, your is, energy. So who the, like what? You, in well, you're God's wasting your energy because there's. I'm just saying. Sure. I'm just. All I'm saying is I'm. Well, they're all, all a bunch of idiots. All you five percent <laughs> that don't think Kevin Adams deserves an extension with what he's done in his short period of time of taking over this team, you're all a bunch of idiots. He deserves this. He deserves this. 
You don't right. know what he was being paid when he took over for the last two years. And there's the what point right paid? there. I think he's done a, a job and proven to and, and listen, here's one thing we know. Terry Pagula would adopt Kevin Adams. All right. We like he loves Kevin Adams. And you know, so there's a loyalty side to this um deal as well. You know, he probably said, you know, we back to what you said about um you know, what he was getting paid and, you know, that being speculation and everything, but it probably was like, go prove yourself and I'll take care of you. And, and, you know, and I think that's probably, you know, what happened here. And, yep. and, and I told you this before, I told you this before we've discussed this a few times in the past, Kevin Adams, Kevin Adams for me, and this is just me. Kevin Adams will not be the GM of this team in five years because he's going to be president of the team in five years. He will take over as the president of the Buffalo Sabres. Even if, and he will even hire, if the Pagulas don't own the team? I don't know about that. If that's the case and, and things change, management changes, it, things things, you know, are, are different. But if the Pagulas own the team in five years, Kevin Adams will not be the GM. He will, he will, he will be a guy that is going to be the president and he will go and hire a GM. Maybe even the guy that's there right now, that's working alongside him, Carmanos, and he will step into a different role. He will oversee the team, but he will also oversee the business side of the entire organization. That's that's just me. I think Kevin Adams, the type of person he is, is very capable of being that person, of of running an entire organization, not just a hockey team. That's what I think. The most the 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 other than being an owner, the most cushiony job in sports in hockey anyway is president of hockey operations. Could be president because you're not getting your. I mean, presidents like coaches in. In the, You're in, firing in the, the guys you decided on. <laughs> Listen, coaches in the NHL have a life have a life expectancy from anywhere from one year. To if you're lucky, you got five years with with the team. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we talked. If about you're that a GM, yeah, how long? If you're a GM, spent? you're anywhere from three to maybe six years. Would you agree with that? Yeah. If you're a president, you could be there for 15, 20 years. No question. And Kevin Adams is a young guy. He's not an old guy. He's got a lot of he's got a lot left in him. Um, and he's seen he's he's seen a lot in this game. He's been a player, he's been a coach, he's run a developmental youth organization. He has um walked into a you know, a, a situation where he oversaw finance and and still hockey, um, hockey stuff, overseeing the team. Now he's moved into a GM position. He's done a nice job with this because people like Kevin. People like Kevin. Kevin's a serious guy. He wants to be um, he wants people to have a voice and not be, um, you know, scared around him. And at the end of the day, Kevin, Kevin's the one making the decisions. He will make the decisions, but he wants people to be able to speak loudly, give their opinion. And at the end of the day, he will make the decision that he feels is the right thing for the entire group, the entire team organization. He deserves, he de deserves this extension. He's done a nice job. The team's going in, in the right direction. They have compounded an incredible amount of, of talented young hockey players. They've done a very nice job. Now, now the real work for Kevin is going to start. It's going to start by trying to figure out which one of these diamonds are going to fit. Okay. Because there's a lot of incredible players in, in the Buffalo organization. It's the number one, it's the number one youth, um, what? Not youth, but um, prospect pool. Prospect pool in the NHL. Now it's for Kevin 
to and you you said which what which is something that i loved i love you, you quote me we I talk love you, about because i've just been letting letting you roll because you're yeah you're absolutely I'm, killing I've, it. I've had three copies this morning we've already played a game this morning i'm in pittsburgh right now i had a tournament and i'm i'm fired up but listen i mean you said it best oh, I said um it best. i know, said our, it best our, everybody our number one pick this year who was he matt savoy matt savoy hell of a hockey player Hell of a hockey player. Number two pick. I think he was 16th overall. Yeah. Osland. Right. Number 28 yep. overall. Yari. Coolidge. These guys are these, these guys. Are they going to be in the Buffalo Sabres lineup? One of them will. One of them will. But what about the other two? They they're, will be in the top, NHL. They are top end players. They will be okay. in the NHL. Okay, but they might be on another. They will team not be on another team with Kevin next Adams. year's draft pick and the draft pick after that that you use to acquire. Yes, players like Jack Eichel. That's right. Player. You you will eventually. Kevin Adams is going to have to right now figure out, and he still needs a little bit more time. That's why they didn't do anything at the unrestricted free agency this year. They they still are figuring out what are my guys, who are my guys moving forward. And I don't think he has the answer to that yet, but it's going to come within the next year or two because there is going to be pressure on this team well, in a th- year or two. Well, okay, but right now, every one of these young guys has a massive carrot just dangling in front of their face. Like... They look at the salary cap. They look at what Tage is getting paid. They're looking around the league, seeing what guys are getting paid. And, and you know, Kevin's already basically pointed it out. You guys perform. I will pay you. And he demonstrated that with Tage. So you know as well as anybody that there are going to be guys chasing that cookie this year. And rightfully so. Good. Go get it. And who are those guys you think for, uh, on the forefront? Well, I think Rasmus Dahlin would love to have a, a contract extension done next summer with one year well, left. Can you imagine Dahlin this year having a freaking year, man? Like, let's say having a big boy year puts up 55 points, maybe, uh, maybe even He better 60. get more than 55. He needs to be in the 60s. Okay, let's just say he's in the 60s, okay? Let's say he is in the 60s, but he also throws onto his resume that he's playing against the number one line on every team. And at the end of games, when the Buffalo Sabres this year are trying to hold on to a 3-2 lead, who is going on the ice? That's the question that I have. If Darlene is that guy who's on the ice and he's shutting that the other top teams down, now you have a, a, an elite, an elite defenseman in the NHL, and he is going to get paid a shit ton of money. Okay, so was he a, one of the examples that you were thinking of? Yes. Okay, yes, so another was. one Another one would be Dylan Cousins. Uh, yep. What's the other one? He's going to be scrapping tooth and nail oh, this year. Casey Middlestad. Casey Middlestad. Because he saw Tage get an extension with one year left on his three-year. Yeah, so, everybody's sitting there, uh, you know, forgetting about the eighth overall pick who last year to start this, or let's just, let's even go back further than that. Let's talk about when when Don Granado took over this group, which was the biggest heap of shit in the NHL by far. Don Granado took this team over and literally changed the entire mindset of so many players that were struggling immensely under Ralph Krueger. Like Jeff Skinner, you have Jeff Skinner on the fourth line with Riley Sheehan and Freaking, who's the other guy that's in Boston now? Like, what are we doing? I said that all year. But you have guys that had lost confidence. They they had struggled with their game. Don Granado came in here. He started with not the physical stuff. Don Granado started with the mental stuff. Getting into their brains. Getting into how they're going to play the game. Okay. Don Granado done a nice job. Who took off under Don Granado? Who was a goddamn, who was sitting, you know, as, as an extra, he wasn't even in the lineup under Ralph Kruger yet. Casey Middlestat, Casey Middlestat was the best player at the end of that year. He played what? 25 games. 
He was the best player on the ice. When he went to camp the next year, which was last year, one calendar year, at the end of that training camp, even Paulie Hamilton said it. Casey Middlestat has been the best player at camp. And then he got hurt in the first game of the year. You think Casey Middlestat does not want to have a season? He is a hell of a hockey player. He is a heck of a hockey player, and he's hungry as shit. I'm, I'm going to say this. And everybody around gonna, him get and paid. I, and I say this respectfully, and I and I there's a chance he might hear this. So Casey, if you hear this, don't take it personally. I'm I'm not a Casey Middlestad fan on the ice. I don't know what he's like off the ice. Okay, you know, I and 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 I'm not. Uh, look, I'm not picking on him. I just, I just think there's more that we've seen from other well, guys. Ask, can I ask already. you a question? Can I ask you a question? Yes. Am I a dick for saying so, that? I'm no, just you're being, not. I'm just no, you're not, I'm not saying you're, you're being honest. I don't like I don't like your honesty. I think I think it's horse shit, but I, I like that's your opinion. But I'm going to ask you a question. One calendar year, one calendar year, this time last year. Tell me what you thought of Tage Thompson. Um. We got all the time in the world. I know we do. I'm I'm trying to think. Take what your my time. Opinion was. Take I, your you know time. What, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be no, completely no, no. Take, honest. Take your with time. You. What you think about Tage Thompson and what he did throughout his career to this time last year, starting the season. What'd you think of Tage Thompson? Tage Thompson. I was worried for him. Oh yeah, you were worried. Is that it? Oh, you're you're a worried guy for Tage for Thompson? his future as a. Oh, player. so you think like fuck the guy should be a fucking minor league player or possibly playing in Europe. No, I didn't say that. Oh, what I, that's so what not what saying? I was. No, don't don't spin my words. Okay, I, that's what why I, I want you to talk. Is, you're mumbling right now. Well, I'm trying to think. Like these aren't. I, I mean, this is not. You're asking. Well, how about me a this? Question. How about I don't this? know that I had one. I think I was sitting. What do you mean you didn't have you, one? You have an opinion on. on every one of these players. Well, you just I was shit on so uh, Casey Middle. No, listen, you were so strongly opinionated about Tage that I was more sitting back waiting to either say, wow. You were right, or look how wrong you were. Because I didn't know could go either way. The mm-hmm. difference between I think Tage had more upside than Casey Middlestad. He's bigger, obviously. I think he's faster. I think he has a he has he's a more obviously more of a threat offensively. I just th- I think Casey is a step behind. So this year, he can change my opinion of him. This is about player on the ice and and is he on my team going forward? That's that's what that's where my opinion stands uh from comes from. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I probably felt the same way about Tage. Yeah. But I but if you yeah. held them side by side and say pick one, well that's a it's a no-brainer. And that's in hindsight's easy, right? You can say, well, fuck, he had 38 goals last year, so of course you're going to pick Tage. No, I would have picked Tage anyway cuz I would just prefer a big guy that can skate versus a, a a little guy that that could very well turn out to be a dime a dozen player. I mean, he could be a a Anders Bjork. He could be an Anders Bjork. He could be who knows? What like is Casey Middlestad a small guy? Was he five ten, five nine? No, he's not. He's fucking six one. He's two hundred pounds. That's not a small guy. Well, I'll tell you what. Tapes Thompson's a mutant. He's six six, but he, he also six one. But I mean, like, may as well be five nothing. eight. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. He may as well be five eight with Listen, how he with how he plays. All I'm saying is Casey Middlestat needs an opportunity, and I think he's going to be a real hungry guy this year. And the reason why he's going to be hungry, I look at the last couple years of uh, Casey Middlestad and 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 the, the time that he played. Two years ago, he played forty one games. So that what that was the um. Uh, the brilliance of Ralph Kruger was basically throwing Casey Middlestat to the wolves and sitting him, and, and not even playing the kid. He wasn't even on the team. He wasn't even on the roster. He was on like the, like never, never land uh, roster. Okay. He had 22 points in 41 games when he had an opportunity to play. He took advantage of it 
And he was on pace that year for 10 goals or, or 20 goals and 44 points. That's if he would have played an 82 game schedule. Again, That's with, a lot of that at the end of a season, right? Okay. And and, then, and, 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 you know, last facing year, a lot of backup goaltenders and all these other scenarios that will factor in when you're actually, when your team is actually taken seriously and playing against the other team's best goalies, best matchups all the way across. You're not playing against extra guys or fourth line guys getting more time because you're playing the Sabres and you're already up three to one. You know, or you get blown out seven to four and you had three points on the losing team. Like those, like those points don't mean shit. And that's all we've seen from every player on this team over the last few years. The way I see it is is, the way I see it is a good, strong run against goalies that are backups and, and games that don't matter. That's all I'm saying. So, so, so that's why, that's why for me, I'm going to hold my judgment on the Sabres. I'm going to hold my judgment until Elliot Friedman's date of American Thanksgiving, which is late November. And that is when teams and the playoff, the eight teams, nine teams, 10 teams that are battling for the playoffs are pretty much already set with the exception of the St. Louis Blues a few years ago who were dead last on January 2nd. So I will hold my judgment on the Sabres. But if these, I don't want to see, oh, we're not expected to make the playoffs, but the last 25 games, oh, fuck. Oh, Casey Middlestad had 31 points in the last 25 games. Tage Thompson had 43 points in the last 38. Like that next year, boys, we're we're there. No, it needs to be game one through game 25. Then call me. We'll do lunch and talk about it. Again, I don't like your attitude. Well, everyone's so excited. Like, I mean, and I get so it. Like, I, like, I love me the excitement, when, but it's like you got those you, last you, number of games. Are they playing against American League call-ups? Some of them. Yeah. Are they changing the rosters? Some teams are putting guys in, depending on the team you're playing. Someone tweet, someone tweeted at our show and said, Who's doing that? hey, don't forget, Paige Thompson, when we were arguing, guy guy messaged us about about putting a little more emphasis on my side of the argument for against Tage and, and, and the contract was from, I didn't go back and double check this fact, but if somebody wants to do it, go for it. Yeah. And that is he faced the most backup goalies than any other team. The Sabres faced more backup goalies than any other team. In the league stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. I don't know. I'm just going to tell you right now, that idiot that has that much time to sit there and tell me that Tage Thompson played against the most breaking backup goaltenders in the league. Have you ever seen a backup goaltender? In that the idiot NFL? is Elliot Friedman. But, well, sorry, Elliot. No, I'm just joking. It wasn't. It was just some guy. Sorry. <laughs> you think I'm going to pull my, oh, it's Elliot. So it definitely means something. No, these goaltenders are absolutely insane. Do you know how many backup goaltenders in this game? Could be a number one. And do you know how many backup goaltenders in this game could be in the American League? None. Like, oh, come on. The Sabres had six well, of them last year. Let me tell you something. We had six last year, and there's a big freaking difference between number three, four, five, and six than number one and two. Okay. You don't anyway. agree? Oh, for sure, Craig. Friggin whatever whatever you say. Holy shit, Whatever man. you I say. I could have strapped a couple pads on there kicked my legs out a couple times and been better than him there the, the, well good defense on Casey you know what he'll he'll like you for this one because you've shit on him a lot over the years and he you I've know been what? shit on him I've been shit on him well I see I, I think mean, he, yeah he was I think I mean, he's an, an insanely talented kid that needs to take the game seriously but as he's gotten older okay I think that he has developed mentally physically okay he's starting to realize that his talents of when he was mr minnesota and dominating and i mean dominating it doesn't happen in the nhl you need more than talent in the nhl you need a brain you need desire you need to work on your body instead of being on the golf course and being a number uh, a scratch you got to put the work in and I think he, I think he's realized that. I think he's older. I think it, it's happened to many guys. When I was training at age twenty, was very different than when I was twenty four. P 
because you just mature. It becomes your life. You understand that it's not a job. It, it, it becomes something that is meaningful to you in every aspect. I think Casey Middlestat is ready for an absolute breakout season. Okay. I like it. I like the optimism. And and listen, if there's one and guy we need that to give him respect, and the last thing I'm going to say, we need to give him respect because Tage Thompson had no respect last year because he didn't deserve the respect. He didn't do shit for, for four years of his career when he was a pro. He, he struggled. He was in the minors for a little while. But Tage Thompson grew into so let's himself. Let's give him 50 mil after one good let's year. Let's give him 50 sorry, schmilly. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I'm going to tell you right I, I, now, I Casey Middlestat, Casey Middlestat is in that position. He's going to be hungry. This, this year means something to him because it's going to establish where he is on the totem pole. It's going to establish if he's going to be a Buffalo Sabre. I think he's going to be really hungry this year. So Kevin Adams saying in a press conference or to the media that he will, or they, sorry, the Sabres, not he will, but the Sabres will name a captain this year. Is it obvious? Yes, it's obvious. Like, do I, I think everybody, everybody knows it's obvious. You know, you know, what's amazing. I sent you this, uh, something the other day because I knew I knew this was going to come up. I knew the conversation of the captain of the Buffalo Sabres is going to come up. And I sent you, uh, you know, some comments that was made by Brad Mar- uh, Marchand. Okay. Who is a hell of a, who's a hell of a, a player and who's a hell of a leader. Okay. And he just had some, uh, a, a comment. Want me to read it? Yeah, you have, do, you, yeah. do you have it? I just pulled it up while you were no, pull it up right now and read it. And, okay, it, and he said it's, it's almost it's perfect. Unf- it's almost unfair to be giving these young kids the captaincy at 20, 21, 22, because they don't have any idea what it's like to be a real captain in the NHL. You're setting a kid up for failure by doing that. Why? Well, there's a couple examples that are, you know, go against his point, but yes, there's risk of that. Well, what, what are those examples? Well, Connor McDavid got the captaincy too early, but you, there's no question. That's the captain. stupidest damn thing I've ever seen in my life. That Connor McDavid got the got the uh, Sidney Crosby, when he was Jonathan Taves, Steve. Stupider Eiserman. than stupid when Sidney Crosby got that because Bill Guerin is on that. Sergey Gonchar was on the team. He wasn't the captain of the team. He was the face of the franchise because he was the number one all, overall pick. But he didn't deserve to be the captain. It was a joke. I agree. I was in the league when, when at the time, and I remember we were all kind of like, what, what a joke. Now, listen, you talk about leadership now. Hey, there's a guy, Landeskog. He didn't deserve it when he was a kid. He didn't deserve to be a uh, captain when he was 20 years old, but he was the face of the franchise. So with Jonathan Taves, he was the fa- face of the franchise. John Tavares got a young one too, didn't he? How about in Alex Ovechkin? Alex Ovechkin could hardly speak English when he got the captaincy. Do you think that that was the they right They should just, move? instead of instead of putting the C on these kids, just throw a fucking star there. Give them an A. No. Give them throw an a star a. there. Give them, don't pick these young guys. They need to understand that a captain has already been through the ups the downs, the all arounds, they've been through multiple coaches, they've been through multiple playoff battle series and lost and they've won. They're, they've captains have scars. Okay. So when you're actually in a tough situation and your team's in a situation that you can rely on the knowledge of your captain who has been there and learned from other captains in the past. Can't pick some 20, 21 year old kid and think, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I agree with that. But the Sabres don't have a candidate like that anyway. So, I mean, they have, they really have, you know, if you think, if you, they really, they really have. Well, you could pick Rasmus Dahlin. You could probably pick Dylan Cousins. You could pick them. You could pick a a lot of young guys that we have. You can't pick Dylan Cousins. Why not? not say. And I love Dylan Cousins. I want to make that clear. I love Dylan Cousins. So do I. Um, you don't think that they could? I think he's. I th- 
I think he, I, I love the kid. Um, but no, he, not because I don't think he has leadership. I think he leads by example every time he goes on the ice, but no, like wrong, maybe one day down the road, if he's here in exactly. nine yes. years. Yeah. But I mean, right now, no, not nine, not nine years, seven years, three, three more years from, you know, now. you say Darlene and I, I, I see say, Dylan cousins being a captain I say no to of Darlene. an NHL team. Darlene doesn't need that distraction. You know, he doesn't need it. He's got an, he's going to have enough shit going on. He's a first overall pick. He's a number one defenseman. He doesn't need to worry about being the captain. There's a guy on this team. He's undeniable. It's not even a freaking discussion. Okay. It's not even a discussion. We'll say the name. Oposo. Like, holy shit balls. Like there is, there is like, he is the captain. He is the captain of this hockey team. He is a veteran. He is an incredible person. These are, you want young guys around Kyle Oposo. It's the way he acts. It's the way he treats his family, his wife, his kids outside of the game. This is about maturing young men into being really good people. Even if it's for one, even if it is for one year. 100%. 100%. I don't care if he comes back on a on a $800,000 team friendly deal or not. Even if it's for 1 year. Yes. With the shit that this guy has had to endure in his time in Buffalo. He deserves to wear it for at least 1 year. Well, listen, and then after he... that, and and then after that, you'll want those young guys that love this guy, what do they call him? Dad? Pops? I have no idea. I don't know what I they thought, call him. I thought I read that, that they call him dad or something. But anyway, and then after that, you can, you know, that sets a standard, that sets a bar. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, you know, and I think that's a big reason why, you know, Lindy, after um, Mike Pekka left, you know, had a tough time finding the right one captain. You know what I mean? It's like, it's hard to replace certain guys and King guys, live up to that standard and will everyone in the room agree with that decision? You know what I mean? So, yeah, but I disagree with Darlene just even in the future, just, he doesn't even need that distraction in my opinion. Well, was it a distraction for uh, Nicholas Lindstrom? Nicholas Lindstrom played under um, Stevie Eiserman for many years. He learned how to do things properly on and off the ice, okay? And then Nicholas Lindstrom, at an older age, ended up taking over as captain. Darlene will never never have the team to be brought up with like Detroit ever. I mean, that doesn't exist. I mean, you can try to replicate that as much as you want to, but but you're not going to have your... It's not even... I'm not even talking, per se, about the on-ice accolades of detroit i'm talking, I'm talking about, about the I'm type talking about, of person that steven eiserman was away from the rink was was in how he acted in the hotel how he acted with um you know just like nicholas lindstrom was a sponge he got to soak everything up and see what a tr- how you treat people whether it's the people that you know at a restaurant when maybe your steak comes out and it's fricking you ask for uh, rare and it comes out like a fricking baseball and it's hard and it's how you react to these things. It's how you react in life. You learn from people like special people and you'll never forget them. Okay. I, I think that I think that a player like Iserman was able to be a sponge and suck in this information from from great people and he went on to be a a great captain himself i think i think kyle Oposo is an incredible human being he's not only a very good hockey player he's had a really really he's had a really good career okay but kyle Oposo off the ice the young players get to witness watch and be a sponge around a player like him where when they go to a team party okay 
they get to watch how Kyla Poso speaks to his wife, how Kyla Poso speaks to his kids and treats his kids, the respect factor, things like that. These are all things that's not just about hockey all the time. It's not just about, okay, we got to have the greatest team ever. No, you need good people. You need to learn from people. And Kyle Posu is a guy that you want your players around. He is the undeniable 100,000% captain of this team. I don't know how long he will be the captain. If they do name him captain, could be one year. Maybe it's going to be three years. But he is the captain. And okay. anyone else they pick is is nonsense. Okay. Um, what about after? Time will tell. I mean, I can't answer that question because Dylan Cousins is a sponge. Rasmus Dahlin is a sponge. Owen Power is a sponge. There's a whole lot of sponges that we have right now. and We don't know which one in three years from now will develop himself into something great, something to be where the younger players, the Coolidge's, the, the Savoy's and guys like that, they are going to be looking up to another generation because Kyla Posu at that time might, might be moving off into the sunset and might be retired after an unbelievable career. Then the next group will take over. I don't know who that's going to be because it's, I think a few years away. Kyle Oposo should have been named captain, but the day Jack Eichel was named captain. Jack you Eichel know, had Jack Eichel like, had no business being captain. Like, I mean, he was the farthest thing uh, from a captain. Okay, he's a great hockey player. Like, you don't you not, don't even you don't even need to you don't even need to go down this path. I, I don't want to I don't want to do this. Incredible about, hockey player. He's Jack. not a captain. I, I, I really Jack don't. do his thing. They should yeah, have let Jack just be a hockey player and not have this stigma of being like having the C on a sweater. Yeah. No, I, uh, I completely agree. So what does this mean? Okay. Still on Sabres. What, uh, last thing I'll ask you, Donnie Granado, does he get an extension soon too? Is he kind of on the clock? I mean, where, where does this, there's still some, well, how many, how many more years does Don Granado have in his contract? Is he, he, one. Is he up? He's, oh, then he's this, this is his last year. Yeah. And he's got a big friggin' year ahead of him then. And there, you don't see any reason to extend Granado right now. Kevin Adams, no, I, would, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be extending Granado right now. He, uh, Don Granado, has shown um, that he was brought in here, you know, a year and a half ago to take over the reins from Raul Kruger. And you ask yourself when you when you're in that situation where you go from like this uh, this assistant coach to a an interim coach. Don Granado did incredible things with a insanely woundly wounded. Okay. It was a wounded roster. Don Granado took guys like Middlestat. He took guys like Darlene, Yoki Haru. There was a number of players that were struggling immensely, and he helped turn that around. Okay. That's number one. That's the first part of Don Granado. The second part of Don Granado is knowing that you have this insanely young green team that is that is in a transition. So he's he's a coach that's going to coach that's coaching a transitional team. I thought he did a really good job last year. I really do believe I'm the I true look at test Don is going to come when he has to sit players. When games are more important this year than they were last year and games are on the line and you got to make more difficult decisions and give opportunities to maybe guys that are going versus guys that aren't and guys that are going might not have been the guys that were there last year. That's all I'm saying. We've well, all God, seen. I understand what you're saying with that. And you're right. Right now, Don Granato is not about sitting guys. He's not about when the guys are making mistakes, he needs them to make the mistakes because they're young, they're green, and he needs them to understand and make, make the mistakes. Well, how long and of clear a leash them is too long of a leash? Because but here's the thing this year, how are you going to pull back on the reins completely when a guy turns over the puck? I mean, how long are you going to let these mistakes go? Because he was very 
understanding of the youth. So I will call mistakes these days. We don't want to be, we want to be sensitive to the sensitive. I was a sensitive player. My point is you get my point is. I do. Where's where, where do you tighten the leash? How long is the leash? Are guys going to be able to throw certain passes through the middle that they were last year? Cause guess yeah. what? Game 67 of the season. I still believe and this shit. is just my opinion. I still believe that you're in a you're in a more competitive environment this year. Okay. Um, I still be- believe that there's a lot of youth like Peyton Krebs just play he was 20 years old last year. He needs to he needs to continue to be allowed to make mistakes and continue to improve to improve. You're gonna have a player like Jack Quinn, you're gonna have Dylan Cousins, like um, you know, there's there's guys that are still young. Okay, there's going to be mistakes made and you have to not take away their confidence. You have to teach them. Your Don Granado right now is number one. He was a motivator to try and change the mindset a year and a half ago. Now he's a teacher. He is he's teaching and stopping and 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 tons of video work to have these guys understand and continue moving forward. There's going to be a point in time when he's going to have to be more of a, um, you know, more of the warden. If you don't do what I say, you're not playing because that is the next yeah, but that's not the And I don't think that that Don Granato is, no, I think they need another year of teaching in inside the environment. Okay. Inside the environment, they're building something in the environment. I still think that the team is still green, but the year after, I think it's not teaching. I think it's about now it's about winning and you're going to play and you're going to sit and you're going to do what it takes to win hockey games. So after listening to all of that, I literally have no idea what to expect from this team and what we should care about and what we shouldn't. So like, we're all excited, but we don't know if we should just be okay with mistakes that we just kind of let go because we're, Hey, we're still young. Or are we trying to win these games, you know, in October, November, December, because as, as we've pointed out, you can still want to win games, but the, um, the, the, the top coaches in the league, the top teams in the league are going to be coached differently than what a team like Buffalo is right now in Don Granato. Don Granato wants to win every game, but he's not going to sacrifice development of a young player who's 20, 21. Like, do you know how many players that we have that are on? Like, are we supposed to shit on uh, Matias Samuelson because he, 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 he's going through a little bit of a struggle. Matias Samuelson he's only been is in the, the league for one year. Matias Samuelson is the player. I am most excited about this upcoming season, especially on defense. And then up front it's Peyton Krebs, but you can't shit on Matias Samuelson because he's a defenseman. What does that mean? Takes a little longer for them to develop. I heard that from a guy that played 923 games in the league. Craig Reve, you ever heard of him? Yeah. Smart man. He does you this know podcast what? I think, called Two I think, Studs and a Dud. Yeah, Two Studs and a Dud. You still have to allow these young guys. They're still in a teaching mode. They're still building something. They're building a, an environment. They're starting to move into the next phase of Winning games means something, but they're not 100% there yet because they're still teaching, okay? You have to allow young guys who are 20 years old, 21, 22 years old, to continue. They're going to make mistakes, but you've got to continue to teach. There's going to be a point in time when these players are not 20 and 21 and 22 years old. They're going to be 23, 24, 25. That's going to be win mode. Okay. And, and Don Granado's coaching is going to change and dictate to what type of team he has. I think he's done a nice job to this point. Okay. Um, last but not least, goaltending biggest concern for the fan base. I don't know. I, I'm going to give Eric Comrie a shot. Um, excited to see a player get an opportunity and hopefully take the reins. We'll see what he does. There's a bunch of goalies behind him in the pipeline that are chomping at the bit to, to boot him out of the spot. So he's got some, some guys chomping at, at his heels, but 
goaltending the biggest question for this team from the fan base. And you know, you need goaltending to win in this league. I don't care. I don't care who you are. How are we feeling about the goaltending this year? Is that going to be the Achilles heel? Um, or is it too soon to tell? You know, Craig Anderson's what? What is he, 41 years old? I mean, his best years are are clearly, clearly behind him. But I'm going to tell you this. The people that watched the Sabres play last year, when you watch Craig Anderson play, was there a point in time where you were worried about goaltending? No. No. Because I don't give a shit. In fact, in his 300th win against the Leafs in the outdoor game, he was unreal. No, it was against Vegas, actually, I think. I think it was against uh, in that Eichel game. The Eichel game. But anyway, the, the players, my point is, you know, we got his 300th win. And the team just loves this guy. Yep. You know and I mean? He, he looked good in the games that he played. And the games that the team looked the most stable were the games that he was in. To be quite honest with you, that's why I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. You say 41. I don't know I'm much not, about. I'm not Comrie. just going to sit and say that 41 years old. I mean, we saw what Dwayne Rollison did back in the day yep. in his late 30s, early 40s. I mean, you know, the guy was a wall. You know, yep. Craig Craig Anderson. I mean, he could come back completely refreshed. And these these young these young bucks, as you call them, I mean, they could keep him young. They could keep him and. Re, you know, rejuvenated yes. and enthusiastic and happy to well, be around the rink. What I was trying to say is age is just a number. Craig Anderson played at a high level of hockey and played extremely well for the Sabres last year. Now, I believe that you have a really strong uh, goaltender with him. I think Com, uh, Comrie was, uh, he was the backup, backup to uh, Hillebuck uh, last year. And, and, uh, you know, now he's going to have an opportunity to play more than maybe one quarter of the games last year. He'll he'll have a chance to playing 50-50 or maybe even more than that if he plays well. So this is the first time. Comrie's 27 years old, right? He's in the prime of his career right now. Comrie's in the prime of his career which is right now, and we might get uh, we might get something special. How about this camp starts yesterday? And they start. I mean, we already knew this. We've we've talked about this, but they already they already have games. They have, they play tomorrow. They play Sunday. Sabers play when Sunday. they start. When was opening day? They were on the ice yesterday. That's it. Yeah, they were on the ice yesterday, today, tomorrow, and then there's a game Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Tuesday, Friday. So were you ever were you ever in a situation where you basically played every exhibition game? Two thousand three, two thousand the year I made the team out of training camp. (laughs) Do you know this? No, because I I I reason why I asked that because I've been in that situation. We played eight eight exhibition games. And you felt and like you had already played a season before I played the season started. Eight exhibition games. Oh my god. I had ten. Ten. Not points. Ten fighting majors. In eight, in games. eight games. Yes. My hand yeah. looked like a boxing glove by the end of training camp. Awful. And I was fighting like heavyweights. Remember that Gordy Dwyer played in Montreal? Yeah, I played with him. So we played an redhead, redheaded guy, and not a, not, a, not a real big guy. Uh, like not, no, like, not a real. When big I say guy. not a real big guy, he was only like <laughs> he was only like six two two twenty. I don't I don't ever brag about fights because I got my ass kicked a bunch of times, but I sw- I, I I just I felt like this guy was just letting me punch him in the face. And I felt bad. Uh, like I'm sitting there and he just, I was cranking him and he would not go down. And I was just, oh my God. Yeah. He, he, he was, was a tough cookie. I fought Vandenbush that training camp. I fought uh, Chris Neal. I fought Ryan McGradden, Dennis Bonvey, Wade, B, uh, Wade Brookbank. 
Maybe Jason Strudwick. Maybe Jason Strudwick in Chicago that year. Think he Jason ran me from Strudwick, behind. I fought him. I fought him in Edmonton, and he beat me up so bad it was ridiculous. Like really? it was just like he, he he was just so much stronger, and he was um like. And the funny thing is, he's he was like one of those guys that it was just shitty when you fought him because he was super super crazy undercover tough because he never fought a a ton and he wasn't like a, a a dirty mean hockey player yeah it was strudwick i fought and yeah i fought him in edmonton and oh my god he beat me up something fierce it was brutal but i haven't seen a video of that one so hopefully uh the the the, the camera was broken that that uh that year in edmonton because i don't see it very much on the internet so that's always a good thing I gotta go back and check. I had, I had, I know I had ten fights, because so I think I had fifty-two penalty minutes. I had like one minor and one goal. How'd the goal happen? Off your ass or what? <laughs> so line change coming into the zone in St. Catharines exhibition game in St. Catharines actually oh, against hometown, Ottawa. eh? Yeah, hometowner. Um, parents grandparents i can't uncles. remember if i oh aunts uncles god i had a i had a bunch of people there and uh i came off the bench and you know very paul henderson like speaking of which the 70 50 years of the 72 summit series we should talk about that in the next couple of days um but i came off the bench miro Shatan was on the ice drop pass to me in the slot and i just quick Quick wrister. I had a good. I had what a, were you doing out with Mira Satan? That's the first thing that every everybody listening right now is going. What the hell? What was the line? Change? With their, he stayed on longer. He was carrying the puck. His wingers changed, or two line player line changed. He was playing right wing, so his left winger changed. Okay. On his way into the zone, which is when is a good time to change. Okay. I hop off, come in behind him, little sweeper. Miro eyes in the back of his head, little drop pass. No one saw it coming. Sweep shot, low corner. I think it was on Ray Emery, actually. You ever thought to yourself, if you had the opportunity to play with like Thomas Fanick and Derek Roy, just like, just go out there with like two absolute studs, how many goals and points you could have had? I told you about. Uh, You're faster than both of those guys. You I shot the puck harder than Vanek. I told you about. Uh, the drop pass in Chicago with uh, Briere. I sent him that. I, I, I sent him that clip. I'm like, listen to this. And I just sent him a voice text of that thing playing as I listened over it. Oh my God. He, he responded. He was laughing. But my one shift with Briere, I get a, I get a shot on that, you know, but anyway, um, yeah, no, I don't think about that stuff. What or should have could. I mean, I, I mean, second round draft, Lindy, pick, and you, you know, do you, you want to know what's amazing? 15 goals a year and put up 30 points every single year and had less fighting majors because you could actually play the game. You want to know, here's the what, like, here's the one thing you want to talk about a guy who I'll tell you when I knew I was pegged on Lindy Ruff's roster as a fourth line left winger and zero chance to move. Okay. We had a practice one day. There was one day where he completely left me off the fucking sheet. Okay. On the lineup sheet, the boys were dying laughing. Right. Like <laughs> it was like, so funny. I, I'm like, I, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. But anyway, no, um, tell me the story of him. What do you mean? Leaving you off the entire. Like, so, you know how like Lindy would have like tape the line, the practice, yeah. like what we're doing. So like five minutes, stretch warm-up shooting edmonton drill two-on-one one-on-one olympic back check drill all that shit and then he'd have the lines line one line two line three and then if there was an extra guy in the fourth line he would either be under the fourth line position that he was so if he's center he'd be under the fourth line center so it'd be like his own fifth guy or it'd be slash 76 slash uh who was i sometimes splitting with danny paillet what number was yeah. Danny Pye when he was in Buffalo? I don't even remember. So um, 20. So it would be like 20 and 76. No, maybe it wasn't 20, but either way. So one day we're short guys. Like it's, we're short guys. And you have a full line one, a full line two, 
a center and a right winger on line three, and then a lot a fourth line, <laughs> like a full like I didn't even get to go up and play third line and fucking practice. <laughs> like there is no, I didn't even get, I didn't even get elevated in practice. So the only time I got elevated on lines was the one morning skate in Boston when he's like, Hey, everybody just skate with random lines. Uh, try to mess up the coaches. They're watching, uh, you know, in our, our game plan. And here I am going with Briere and mayor and like, like fucking Claude Julian's going to believe that it's Peters, Briere and mayor. You know what I mean? So <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, Oh man. Anyway. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Rave 52 at the instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.